Fitness Pro Mentor Podcast. What is going on? Welcome to another episode of the show. We are the Minds on Muscle show going on many years of this podcast. And if you're looking for an academic, non-biased resource to grow your personal training business organically without paid advertising, you come to the right place. Glenn and I and Taylor of Fitness Pro Mentors been working on trainers like you, hit their first 10K month, and then big businesses with full teams of trainers scale and grow. But today we're going to talk about something super important. Should you learn sales? But first, Glenn, how are you doing today? Happy Halloween, Brandon. Very good, full of energy. Excited to talk about this topic. How are you? I'm very, very good. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Glenn's wearing an awesome costume. He is a strata personal trainer today. Hey. What a joke. Boo. Boo earns. Boo. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, sales. We get a lot of questions about this. Whenever I talk to anybody who's a potential prospect of working with fitness pro mentors, I get a lot of people that tell me they don't like sales. And so, I think this is a big topic. I think this is very important. So if you're here and you want to learn about how to maximize your earning potential in the least amount of time, please stick around for this ride. Uh, Glenn, sales, what do you think? You don't like sales? Too bad. Too bad. Because guess what? You're always selling people no matter what you're doing. Going home at night, maybe you've got a parent that you live with or significant other. And you want to watch, I don't know, you're me. You want to watch The Expendables 4. You want to watch Jason Statham and Sylvester Stallone be past their prime, shooting bad guys. And your wife wants to watch, I don't know. Desperate Housewives. So, yeah, Selling Sunset, one of those Netflix shows. How do you figure that out? You got to essentially sell your significant other on what it is that you want to watch. And she's going to try to sell you on what she wants to watch and this kind of negotiation ensues. So guess what, everyone? Whether you like formalized sales in the sense of selling people on your services or not, you're doing this every day. It is a skill set that you ought to get better at. And if you want to be as busy as you've ever dreamed you could ever be, you have to know how to ethically close the sale. I think the real Coles notes, while you have to sell everybody in real life, I guess, like Glenn's saying, you got to sell your wife on what you want to watch. Uh, if you're thinking about this from a business sense, you either, as a trainer, work for a company with someone that knows how to sell, and they sell on your behalf, and then they give you business. Or you learn how to sell, and you get clients, and you sell people on you, your brand, your vision of exercise. I will say this. I try to teach everyone within Strata how to do sales, take their sales information, and optimize it so they can do the best they can because it optimizes their earning potential. Glenn performs all his own sales meetings because if he does it that way, the gym and the business doesn't have to do as much work. Therefore, since Glenn knows how to sell within this business, he's doing his own work. He's selling people on his vision, his brand. This increases the likelihood of retention, familiarity, rapport, but ultimately, ultimately allows this business to let Glenn make as much money as possible because I don't have to pay the salesperson. In my opinion, one of the most valuable skills that you can learn is sales. And I don't mean sales in the cheesy selling a car sense, but really in the ability to use your words to identify the values of a person in front of you. Why are they in front of you? Identify a pain and then be able to reverse that and offer a solution to their problem. Sales is a really great thing. Like Glenn said with the TV show, the movie thing, I mean, it's kind of a funny example, but we use words to identify what's wrong, what does the person want in front of us, and then try to nurture it and persuade it and then sell someone on a potentially different decision or nurture their idea. What do you think around this whole idea? Should people learn sales? 
you know, I think everyone should learn sales. I think it was pretty clear from the beginning here. I think you're in sales mode all the time, whether you want to call it that or not. And, you know, when, when I think when people hear the word sales, the first thing they often think about is like that, that, that whole shady sales car, car salesman. Like, uh, remember that character from the Simpsons, if you're younger, you might have seen the show, but there's a character from the Simpsons. like, Oh my God, I got to make the sale. His tire is always down. His buttons undone. His hair is always disheveled, but he represents that sleazy car salesman. I think a lot of people think that's what sales is. And, and honestly, that's not really what it is at all. I, I think Brandon already touched upon this pretty well. It's really just trying to help someone solve a problem with the product that you have. And in that regard, the framework for, how you see sales is maybe one of the first things that I think a lot of people have to change in that um, if you don't like sales, you probably see it as you're trying to um, uh, shill a product on someone that you don't believe in or that they don't need. That is unethical and that's kind of slimy and that kind of sucks. However, if you have someone in front of you who has expressed a genuine need for the kind of service that you provide and you talk to them about it and yeah, they have got the money to buy it and they're really excited and they're making the decision logically and they're, they understand that you're coming from a place where you want to help them and they feel good about it and you feel good about it and you've asked all the right questions to make sure that, yeah, this is actually what you need and I can help you with this. You're, you're doing sales and that's really what it should be all about. So I, I'm absolutely on board that everyone should be learning sales. And more importantly, if you have a, a huge aversion of sales, it's time to start with looking at how you're framing it in your mind. Because I think if you change that framing, you'll learn to love sales. Because I used to be you and I love sitting down with people now. Yeah, so I'll throw out a little story really quick because one of the things that we advocate for in our mentorship program is how do you do an organic event to build your expert status to grow your business? I really think this idea of conversion events is one of the best ways to not use paid advertising, be pushy, and use direct cold messaging to connect with people. Ultimately, if you do something that draws someone to you strategically with a very solid, clear system, you can expedite your business growth. And in fact, this year, I don't even know how many presentations doing, but I've got two presentations, one I did with three weeks ago, one tomorrow. Lucy's got one at the end of this week. Glenn's got one coming up. So we got like four presentations that are different types of conversion events that we're doing within our gym. But when I first started with this whole idea, I knew that getting in front of people was important. I learned it when I was in school for marketing. But I remember 11 years ago, I was trying to grow my business and I set up a little booth. I went to this vitamin supplement store by LA Fitness. It was a really high traffic area. And I was excited and eager, but I was a lot like you if you're thinking about sales. I didn't have a full schedule. I had maybe like nine or 10 people in my schedule. I knew that I wanted to get my business busier, but I was anxious and nervous and scared because at the same time I was thinking about, I need to make more money now where I have to change my career. So people would come in and they'd see my banner, they'd see my table, they'd see my bands and I would do my dog and pony show and I was really, really good at getting people excited around the whole idea of exercise. And then I came to this point where in the conversation it was like, would you like to come by? And it was pretty much excited, excited, excited. And then let's get you in my schedule and come by for a free session. And every time I got to this point where it was like, whoa, it was always that point where it was like, I come, why don't you come by? Nine times out of 10, people would be like, oh, you know, can I get a card? And every time I handed out a card, I would never get a call back. And it took me a long time to figure out what I was doing wrong. But what I was doing wrong was I was getting everyone so excited about the features and benefits of my mechanics. I talk about RTS and muscle system work and all this nerdy potentiation stuff and I could show them range of motion changes and all this kind of stuff, but I didn't do the most important thing. I didn't identify the pain 
of why they were talking to me. I didn't identify a problem. I didn't identify what was their issue that they have besides their shoulder being sore. I never got to the root cause. I never got to the reason why that pain, that physical pain was important to them. With no pain, you can have no pitch. You need to identify a problem because without a problem, you can't provide a solution. You can merely go, hey, you would look great in this Mazda Miata. But without any context, it doesn't matter. And so I'm going to throw one soundbite out there to anybody that listens to this. With no pain, there is no pitch. You need to identify a pain and identify why it's important to that individual before you pitch them on any idea. And even if the idea is a paid product or a free thing, no one will take it from you if they don't see the value. And that's really, really important. I'm reading a wonderful book. It's called um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Foss. I mentioned it last podcast. Former FBI negotiator in charge of rescuing Americans from all over the world. And he talks about a lot of different uh, communication techniques, so to speak, in the book. And one of the things that he discusses in the book is this idea of tactical empathy. It's got a kind of like, a, you know, that SWAT, FBI spin on it. But essentially what he says tactical empathy is, is this really understanding where the person across from you is coming from, like really deeply understanding. And he would say, like, even when he was trying to speak to, this is not sound like a left field, but you'll see where I'm coming from in a second. When he was trying to speak to, um, like, you know, uh, people who, are, uh, who knew about, let's say, terrorist activity going in the country, but they didn't want to rat on the people that they knew about, he would literally go into the conversation and like, say, listen, I know that your people feel mistreated by my people, Americans, for hundreds of years. And I know you think that I'm coming here biased. I'm just trying to really disrupt it, disrupt you. I'm just trying. And he would lay, he would just literally put out all the different things that he thought this person was thinking about him before he's about to negotiate with him and talk to him and, and interview him. And the guy would just bring his guard right down and share and open up more and more. The person on the other side, because he felt like he was understood and he knew what was going on and he cleared the air. This is really where I'm going with this is that inside any kind of selling conversation, asking the right questions, the what and how questions to really understand what the emotional pain is, is really going to allow you to open up and then ethically present and show how you can help this person once you know what's going on. If someone says come in and they want to get stronger and you say, what do you mean by get stronger? And they say, oh, I've got some shoulder discomfort when I pick up my kid. And you say, shoulder discomfort? And they say, yeah, every time I bring my hands up above my head, I get this pinching sensation in my shoulder. You say, every time you bring your hands up above your head, you get this pinching sensation in your shoulder. What's that like for you? Oh, I really don't like it. I'm worried about how I'm going to be able to raise my daughter in the next 10 years if this doesn't get better. Just by asking how and what questions and mirroring back what they said, they share with you what the emotional pain is. So if I now know this person is worried about being able to raise their daughter because right now they have pain is covered when they pick her up. I can then ethically show them how I'm going to help them. Well, here's what I do. I help people just like you with shoulder discomfort. See, often what I find is that we can if we can identify in the shoulder where the weaker muscles are that are causing your shoulder to get pinched and we get them stronger, so the shoulder doesn't pinch as often. And often it completely goes away. And it gets stronger so you have more endurance and more strength. So you can have the confidence to pick up your daughter every single day and feel 10 years younger in your shoulder as you get older and older. That's the power of understanding 
what they're going through and able to show them how you can help them with their pain and their discomfort through your services. I love that. I love that. This leans into another question that I get asked very often. And if you've looked into any business coaching whatsoever is a common thing that other coaches talk about. Once you agree that you need to learn more about sales in any fashion, do you learn scripts, sales scripts, or do you learn a sales system? In any event, learning simple prescriptions, ingredients, if you will, for recipes of exercises, when we're talking about making an exercise, the bench press, it involves these joint positions and these different rules, and we do X, Y, and Z thing. You can learn these simple soundbite sales approach, these scripts. You can learn these recipes. The challenge is, is if the recipe doesn't go perfectly, not knowing how to improvise to shift left or right is lost. So here's what I mean, right? We're going through a script. You have an A, B, C line, and you ask a question, and the client or the prospect says something that doesn't line up with your script. How do you respond? Do you know even how to respond? And this is where learning a different system or a way of communicating that is almost like opening one or two doors. You open this door. Yes, I do have a shoulder problem. No, I don't have a shoulder problem. Okay, no problem. You open that door when they say yes and you go in there. So can you tell me more about this shoulder problem? You know what? It's just a little achy. It's not a big issue, right? There's the no door. You know what? Every time I pick up my kid, my shoulder hurts. Now we've got another door to open. And each one of these systems is pretty much like opening a doorway to a new room to figure out yes or no, are we going further down this conversation? Communication systems, and sales systems gives you so much more flexibility. In my opinion, if you learn a sales system as a personal trainer, that sales skill will transfer you across, transfer across the board because it's not just about personal training. It's about identifying what are the needs of the person in front of you at any level and do you have a solution to help support them? So if you see any of these fancy elixirs of people offering lead bangers, if I got a sales script for you, Take it, look at it, but don't follow it verbatim. Try to identify the trends and the things that they're doing because honestly, all of them are doing something very similar. They're trying to make a connection, nurture the individual individual in front of them, show that you're relatable and you guys have something in common. And then it's identifying the needs of that individual. Once you identify the needs of that individual, then you go deeper into the needs to find a pain. And then once you have that, you make a pitch as far as the solution goes. And lastly, often saying less is better than saying more. What do you think I mean by that, Glenn? Uh, that could, we could interpret that so many different ways. I think if you're talking too much, people feel like you are trying to actively sell them. But if you're asking questions, sitting back, waiting for, uh, just being peaceful in the silence and then having them respond to you, it's more just conversational. Um, the other thing, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this before. Have you heard of the Pinocchio effect? You'll find this really fascinating. So the Pinocchio effect is that um, in the story Pinocchio, every time Pinocchio would lie, his nose would grow and get longer and longer. Well, the Pinocchio effect uh, in real life is when people lie, they tend to add more and more details. They tend to talk more and ramble more because they're uncomfortable with the lie they're telling you. So often what people will do is they'll talk more and more and more and more and more. And we as human beings, we actually kind of know this on a subconscious level. Like we know something is not right and we feel kind of a little bit off put, but we're not exactly sure why we're being off put by that. But it's one of the reasons why when people are just talking to us the entire time and trying to sell us something, we feel put off because it feels like they're almost lying to us to try to get us to say yes to the sale. 
my yeah. two cents. I love that. I love that. I think that's very cool. No, I, I'll say what I when I first started off, I wouldn't say I felt like I was lying, but I felt like I was. I needed to impress people. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I first started selling, I needed to share as much information as I could. So they would give me a need. Yeah, my back hurts, and I'm frustrated that I won't be able to pick up my dog if I've got a problem. And instead of saying something like, well, honestly, I work with a lot of people like you and I identify exactly where those weaknesses are and we use exercise to make changes long term. In most cases for someone like you, we can identify where the weaknesses are. We can build strength very quickly. And then my job is to figure out how we maintain that strength long term with strategic exercise. Would you be interested in coming by? Versus, I know that was still a little bit of, a little bit of mouthful. I used to go a little bit deeper and be like, well, honestly, I use some really advanced biomechanics and post-activation potentiation to identify from a neurological deficit slash motor control area. Where is your body not performing adequately? If we can identify where there's those acute responses that are not operating at the level that need to meet the means of you picking up your dog, I can identify that with blah, 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 blah. And you can see where I'm going here. Despite being able to go into that academic word vomit mode, most people don't hear it, nor do they even care. Right? If I say orthokinematic interdependencies or short-term potentiation, most people don't even know what that means. But if I say, we're going to figure out where your biggest weaknesses are, we'll build up some strength, we'll make sure that that strength helps us support the things that you want to do each day, and then once we identify those problems and what exercises works, we'll make a plan to make sure that those solutions stick around long-term so it'll kind of support any other therapy that you're doing. But listen, zero pressure. Would you be interested in coming by to meet with me so we can talk a little more about this and I could show you my methods? I think you know one of the interesting things... I mean, there's two things I love here. One, the first thing, very simply put, Brown already talked about it, which is like you do, you need a system. Like you need a system to follow with steps that you can kind of tailor and make your own, but it's reproducible so that you can always go do the same thing, get into a flow, figure out where you need to adjust, get better at it, move forward. The second thing I wanted to put out there, and I think it becomes more and more evident as you learn more and more about sales, is that most every sales system is built on human psychology to one degree or another. I, I mean, if you look at any of the books that are out there, Split the Difference that I'm reading right now by Chris Voss, anything by Robert Cialdini, who is all about persuasion psychology. You can look at uh, TA Today, uh, Eric Byrne and Associates. All these different books lay out at, at a very high level human psychology. And if you look at most sales systems, they use this human psychology to help sell people. It's really up to you how ethical you're going to be. And I really recommend being extremely ethical. Like don't try to sell someone something they don't need. That's not good for your business. It's terrible for your reputation. But even small things like psychology tells us that people do business who they know, like, and trust. So when someone first comes in, don't start asking them the deepest questions that about the things that are physically bothering them because they're going to be uncomfortable. Make them feel more comfortable. Hey, would you like a water before we start? Do you use the bathroom? It's right there. No, you're good. Okay, come on in. How's your day today? It's good? I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, my day's been okay. How was the drive over here? Was it long? Was it busy? A little bit? Not too bad? I get that. Yeah, I live right on the corner. I love being here. You've been here a long time? Awesome. Well, like, listen, I don't want to uh, just talk about housing all day. If it's okay with you, we'd love to chat with you a little bit about why we're here today. Is that okay with you? Great. But stuff like this, right? That's all just human psychology. And I would say, if you want to get better at sales, the two things I could recommend to you are A, find a system that works that's reproducible, and then B, spend some time learning about human psychology. Because not only is it great for helping with your sales and your business, but it's also great for attention. It'll improve your communication. You'll learn a lot about yourself so you won't get swindled into buying things that you don't need. There are so many great things that come out of learning more about human psychology, and I can't recommend it enough to most people. The more you understand people. The more you understand people, the more you understand business. Amen. 
So and that's a good point to pivot. So anyone listen, if you're here, we are biased of you learning sales. The more you learn sales, the better you're going to do. The more money you're going to make, the more useful you'll be to any other business that you move on to. Uh, try and learn systems rather than scripts. And yeah, practice selling. Practice, 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 and figure out people. Glenn and I have the same pick of the week today. We were talking about it beforehand. Uh, we both, uh, 2023, October 31st, are both in the iPhone 15 world. And here's just a quick little tidbit that I'll say, and then we'll talk about our favorite features. I recommend all of our students and anyone that has anything on social media to always try to get the newest smartphone on their company because the technology is rapidly growing. And honestly, social media nowadays, we need to capture high quality content quickly. And nowadays, for a very inexpensive price, you can get almost a professional DSLR camera in your pocket at all times to capture content ad hoc. I'm on a leasing program that every two years I get a new phone and it's 100% just for the camera. And so I would encourage you all to consider that as well too. So iPhone 15, why did we each get it? And what are our favorite features? Why don't you go first? Well, I know you're going to talk about the camera. The camera is pretty fantastic. Um, so I know how people know this. In Europe, they essentially said, yeah, iPhone, you can't have your own uh, firewire technology anymore. You have to make it accessible to everyone through uh, common technology. So Apple essentially had to pivot from using their own independent technology to charge their phone to now having to have the USB-C which makes this thing uh, far easier to charge and plug into computers and whatnot. But the most interesting thing is because this is now such a powerful processor, because it's now such a powerful camera, and because they have uh, updated the battery as well, this thing can do a whole bunch of things for a lot longer. So you can actually plug in anything USB-C into this thing. You can plug in phone microphones in here. You can plug cameras in here. You can plug um, storage, um, storage in here. So I actually bought an adapter and I actually plug uh, a little travel uh, drive with me in here and I actually record content on here because I like to do a lot of editing at home on my computer to make it a little bit more high and add some effects in there. It makes it a lot easier instead of having to transfer everything over just to take uh, my card and put it in here, record to the phone, from the phone I should say into the card and then just take the card and plug it in my computer. There are people now who are attaching gaming controllers to their phone, and because the processor is so powerful and the battery life is so long, they're playing full-on games on their phone, like PS4 games. It's just crazy. So, I mean, it's a powerful little tool, but I love the USB-C port because you can do so much with it now. There's so many more capabilities. You're not limited to just things that are going to work for Apple anymore. You can use anything that plugs in any computer, which I think is absolutely gangbusters. Yeah, so it, that's all amazing. Honestly, I've been using a lot of USB. I mean, I, I can even plug in this, Ro this Rodecaster Pro to there and have the microphone go through this if we ever needed to, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the camera. And the reason why is when I first started doing all the marketing and advertising that started scaling Strata a lot more, I invested into very expensive, high-quality DSLR cameras. And I tried to get the quality of content and lenses required so I could do cinema cinemata sorry, cinematic video huge thing for me. I love the I love the making of a video and having that quality be really, really high. So cinematic video to me is when I do a shot of Glenn, his face. Even right now with this camera, if you're watching this live in the Facebook group, Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group, join it if you're not a part of it. Right, Glenn is crisp and the background's a little blurry. And so this depth of field allows Glenn to look super sharp, but the background just blurry enough to separate us from the background. It adds depth to the shot. That depth of field for me is something that made everything look so much better, especially when we're trying to show the scale of the gym and the gym floor and everything else that we have. Well, since iPhone 13, there's a cinematic video mode that allows you to capture that high quality depth. 
And if you check out any of our social media video stuff, as of the, I'd say maybe the last week of October, everything is shot with that because it makes Glenn and I look super crisp and super clean, like it's professional quality. But we can do it on our phone. And I personally, I don't have a lot of time to edit on my computer right now. So I record stuff and I edit it in my phone and I post it on social media right away. And it looks so good, so smooth and so easy. Furthermore, the portrait mode is incredibly sharp and accurate and allows you to get really, really great pictures of clients, social proof, if you will, on the go, almost as good as a professional DSLR camera. In my opinion, spending a little bit of money to get a camera phone that is as good as this is, is absolutely a no brainer because it gives you more. And lastly, which we don't use it for, but you can actually plug this camera into computers and use this now as an actual camera. So with Apple, I can actually, and I do it really quick here, very fast. I can actually, oh wow, that was super quick. I can do wireless camera now, and you can see I'm recording Glenn. Is I can. 4K or is it 1080? I think it's 1080p. Ooh, I just oh. muted you by accident. That's okay. Anyway, you can see I'm just. I now I got this wireless camera, and you can see our whole podcast setup, and it's just very smooth and cool. If you're an Apple user, I should say. Anyway, all very cool stuff. I definitely recommend being on leasing programs to get the new phone until you don't have to be on social media anymore. Yeah, I know the one the last thing I'll say about cinematic mode is you now can do a two-time zoom with it, which you couldn't do before, yep. and you can actually change the aperture. Yes. So you can now actually make it more blurry or less blurry. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's really, it's, it's, uh, it's unreal where we're at. And, and you can unreal. change the aperture after you edit it. So it's you can crazy, take a right? shot and you can modify it. So. so wild. Anyway, listen, if you're someone who's trying to grow your business and you want to scale it and you got a lot, a lot of time, but you want to be present on social media consistently, get a new iPhone, get that high quality, and yeah. Really great stuff today. Thanks for your time. Wonderful. Today, this was great. This was wonderful. I loved the episode. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us and listening to it. Everyone, Fitness Pro Mentors Podcast. Listen, if you're a trainer and you found this useful, please join the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group. Lots of incredible episodes reconciled in there. Great information, free trainings. And honestly, reach out to me, Glenn or Taylor. We'll talk to you about how we can help you out. Anyway, bye everybody. Take care, everyone.